Yes. Episode number 26 of the Emerald Lane Dreamcast. The Emerald Lane Podcast. I'm your host, Sonny Coates. Broadcasting live from a flat, a nine-story apartment overlooking Père Lachaise Cemetery in Paris, France. To give you a visual, as I look out of my windows here, I am staring at a a big forest, thick with grave stones, tombstones. Some of the most famous cultural luminaries of France and of the world are buried just a few hundred feet from where I'm sitting. Jim Morrison is right over there on the uh, east side. Imagine me pointing, Jim Morrison is buried right up that hill. All day I can see people walking up that path to go visit Jim Morrison. Frederick Chopin, I'm pointing straight ahead, up that path, he's buried there. Edith Piaf, Richard Wright, Oscar Wilde, uh, George, M- is it Melise? Melier? The, uh, the godfather, the creator of the motion picture, French, a Frenchman. There's so many people buried there. It's the most famous, most visited cemetery in all of the planet Earth. And I, my building is, it is adjacent to the wall of the cemetery. So I can walk out of my front door and within 20 paces be inside of the cemetery. If you're ever in Paris, France, you should visit Père Lachaise. A fascinating exploration if you have a poetic sensibility. Beautiful, beautiful aesthetics. Why am I in Paris? The last time I was broadcasting, I was in Kyoto, Japan. I went home to Los Angeles for a a few months and then I came to France. And why am I here? Well, firstly, a lot of people don't know this, but my family is French on my mother's side. Uh, That's one thing that, you know, I've always been fascinated with, uh, with the French culture. And so I thought it would be nice to try to learn the language. I think I've always had a fantasy of being able to spontaneously break out the French language unannounced to be at a party or a restaurant in the States and just start talking to another French person as my friends sit there slack-jawed. And I casually turn back around and I start speaking to them in English again as if nothing happened. You guys, oh, you guys didn't know that? Yeah, I speak French. You guys didn't know that? <laughs> so that's that, but that's more of an ego reason. Honestly, you know, I got tired of traveling to different countries and being an outsider. You know, be, it's cool doing the touristic thing, going to museums, and, you know, that's what you do when, you, when you're in a country for a short period of time. You can't master their language in a week or two weeks. But I've been spending long periods in foreign countries. And, you know, after a while, you are like a voyeur on the periphery, just an observer. And you you can't participate in the culture. You can't engage the people who live there. And it's a huge wasted opportunity. Imagine all of the friendship you're passing by, the wisdom, the literature, the music. 
This is human potential. This, this treasure that you're not able to access. And so since I have an affinity for France and for the French culture, intuitively I'm led to do this. To always remember you must follow your intuition. I decided to come here and to learn the language, put in time. You know, I, I hired a tutor that's going to be coming uh, six hours a week, three two-hour sessions. It's going to come to my apartment, and, and uh, I talked to him on the phone, man. He seems pretty intense. I don't know. He said there's going to be, he gives tons of homework, which I wasn't expecting. I don't know how I feel about that, you know. Uh, anyway, uh, I figured if I, ha if I have a tutor, I'd have an accelerated path to learning the language as opposed to being in a class and, you know, you know how that whole thing goes. So. so, yeah, I'm investing in learning the language. That's why I'm here. You know, but I will say this, lastly, <laughs> France, Paris, it's just sexy. There's a swag here that... I don't know, it's bohème, it's, uh, it's chic, it's, it's urban, it's like New York, but with a, with a twist. It's a Western country with a socialist, I don't know how, how do you describe it? People are sipping wine, hanging with their friends. The quality of life here, it's, uh, there's something to it that's a little sexy. This is the feeling, walking in the Marais, or in Saint-Germain. <laughs> they play different music, man. They play deep cuts of black soul music. They love it. I don't know, man. It's just a different kind of swag, man. It's bohemian. All right. I'll be back soon. Emerald Lane, number 26. Fox.
I can put this together here, see if I can glue this all together. Oh man, that was a group called Foam. They're, they're somewhere from the uh, Scandinavian countries. F-O-A-M-M-M. You know, I love in that group's music the melancholic kind of uh, dreaminess. It's like bubbles. Bubble, pastel, melancholia. There's an emotion there. A lot, of, a lot of new music, I don't feel an emotion. I always wonder, when I see young people you know, singing Ariana Grande and like they're really all into it in a group singing together. Maybe they feel an emotion. It's wrong of me to assume that there is no emotion just because I don't connect to it. But from my perspective, <laughs> there is no emotion. You guys are singing to synthetic computer music pieced together like a Frankenstein with no organic essence, no band playing together with imperfections. Where's the magic? All right, that's another tangent. I'm fresh off of watching my friend Gilem sent me this documentary from YouTube. Esoteric occult symbolism is a, a documentary, actually kind of interesting, called Secrets in Plain Sight. It's like three hours long. All, all I can see when I close my eyes right now are obelisks, seven-point stars, and secret masonic symbolism on the facade of of government buildings in every city across the globe 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 secrets that are hidden in plain sight that's interesting to me are you as compelled by that topic as i am i'm strangely drawn to it yet it's somewhat creepy it's scary it gives me goosebumps it makes your hair stand on end Everywhere, in every city, in the buildings where we live and work and go to school. There are esoteric symbols that we're all walking past unawares. These things are all around us. I'd even say, to go deeper, the biggest thing that is hidden in plain sight to most people, it is themselves. How many of us are walking around toting miracles, bags of miracles, treasures, vision that could transform the entire simulation for the better? So would you please look? You've got to know yourself in this life. You've got to pause. 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 You know how your phone has an iOS? If you have an Apple, you have an iPhone. An, an operating system. Human beings run on an operating system as well. It was, it was created and installed by the society, the culture. A lot of us are on autopilot. Cultural autopilot. A piece of driftwood being swept down a river, man towards some unknown destination. What's the destination? I don't know. Somewhere where the sky is upside down. You're told to go left when you should have gone right. You're told to zig when you should have zagged. <laughs> I'm just saying to take a moment and check. Check and see that you're not on autopilot. 
You don't want to wake up one day and realize that you had been on autopilot. Actually, you do want to wake up and realize that you have been on autopilot. All of us at some point wake up to that fact. You just want it to be sooner than later. You got to know yourself in this life, in this simulation. For instance, I am a curious person. I have always been a curious person. An odd duck when you compare me to the status quo. A little left, a little askew. I'm an explorer. This is just my wiring. <laughs> uh, this is a tangent. But speaking of being an explorer, you ever seen the first Hellraiser movie in the late 80s? It was a horror movie. And <laughs> just uh, very quickly, I'll tell you the, the basic premise. Some guy somewhere is in the back streets of Cairo in an antique shop and finds a curious artifact about the size of a Rubik's Cube, takes it home, and becomes so obsessed with trying to get this, this little cube open that eventually he's in a dark room surrounded by hundreds of candles, sweating profusely, vain throbbing in, in his forehead. And eventually, as it happens in these movies, he gets the box open. Outbursts a trio of demons from a parallel universe. <laughs> the lead demon has a bunch of pins protruding from his head. I mean, they're all dressed in Rick Owens gear, leather BDSM. It's wild. It's like punk rock, but it's a, it's a horrific vision, especially for a 10-year-old kid. Anyway, uh, there's a part where this young girl, uh, she's fooling with the box and she accidentally conjures these demons. There's thunder, there's lightning, there's a hurricane in her room. So she's hysterical. She's screaming, oh my God, Whoa, who are you? Thunder and lightning. The lead demon replies, we're explorers on the edge of experience. <laughs> and it's like, you don't expect that to come from a, a horror villain, especially when you're 10. You think he's just gonna say, ah, <laughs> fuck you, bitch. Dark, cryptic, romantic poetry is what you get from these villains. And why not? Why shouldn't you? It's not all roses because if you, if you don't agree to go back uh, with them to the hinterlands of their dimension they will hack you up in cold blood no problem no hesitation oh no they, they like string you up by your flesh <laughs> that's such a meaningless tangent in the scheme of what I want to talk about but you know what here's the clip you gotta hear it for yourself who are you explorers in the further regions of experience demons to some Angels to others. What a voice on that guy. Amazing voice. Anyway, dope movie. The first Hellraiser. Go back and look at that. Like I was saying before that tangent, I am an explorer. 
I think we're all explorers in some regard. Having been born into this simulated reality, we're all explorers. But this is a big part of my personality as I've come to know myself. I was thinking about this the other day. There's so many things that life can be compared to. Life can be called a work of art, a game, a play. Life can be compared to an equation. All the moves you make, variables in the equation. Someone sent me a meme the other day. It said, if you want change in your life, you have to invite chaos. I thought, yes, of course, of course, of course, of course, of course. Most of our lives, we spend fixated and preoccupied with the physical world, what we see with our eyes. But there are levels. You know that phrase, there are levels? <laughs> I think it's so poignant that that phrase is in vogue now. There are levels. And if you're the contemplative type, dissatisfied, living just in the world of appearances, if you can feel that there's something else, you eventually discover the realm of mind or the realm of spirit. It's got a lot of names. It's the beyond where you can consciously affect and manipulate the simulation code. code, 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 code. And you can bend reality. Yeah, I don't know if you should bring this up at the dinner table. You may be misunderstood. <laughs> it may not go over well. You ever heard the phrase chaos magic? It's an interesting phrase. Don't be afraid of that phrase. I know it's not in the Bible. Anyway, man, what do you care? Why are you afraid of words? People get freaked out when you use the word magic, which is odd because when we were kids, we believed in magic. Verily, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom of heaven. Outward level, I have come to Paris to learn a language, open my mind. The inner magic level. What have I really done? What cause did that decision initiate? I injected novelty into my life equation. As a result, I created a new set of very interesting possibilities. At times in this life, you'll feel as if you are trapped. You're stuck range-bound. You know what that means, to be stuck range-bound with, to be stuck within a range, beneath a, a glass ceiling that you can't penetrate. It's enough to make you freak out. But instead of freaking out, you got to be still. You got to gather yourself. And with one magical wish, a thought wave of faith, you open your eyes again, and 
Well, what do you know? You're standing at the entryway of a labyrinth. You ever, you ever heard of Jorge Luis Borges, the Argentinian writer of fiction, short stories? I was, I was sitting in here on a rainy evening the other night. I was drawing as I was listening to Borges short stories on Audible, audiobooks, intricate poems, bizarre short stories about infinite libraries and gardens of forked paths, kind of like the, the first literary Twilight Zone episodes. Check out Jorge Luis Borges. B-O-R-G-E-S. I unleashed a wave of novelty into my life equation. And to my surprise, I found myself falling from the sky (laughs) onto new exotic life terrain. So many of us are locked in closed loops, living in the the more mundane levels of the simulation. We're not aware that we are the creators of our own reality. We are made in the image and likeness of a creator programmer. We too are programmers. We're programming and shaping the reality with each decision that we make. This is why you have to say yes to life and novelty because then your reality yields interesting beautiful possibilities. Isn't that what you want out of life? Isn't that what we all want? Do we want to be trapped in the, in the mundane realms of the simulation? I wonder sometimes, is the culture purposely keeping people trapped in the submissive realms of cliche reality? Is the establishment literally bending the simulation, keeping people trapped in submission, I wonder. We create our own reality. It makes me think of people like Martin Luther, the King, MLK, people who come along that are guided by vision and strong conviction, so much so that they reject the programming of the status quo and they literally bend the entire simulation by creating a new set of elevated possibilities. They shift the entire reality for all of humanity. Look, here we are right now in 2020. We are living in the more harmonious and diverse future possibility that was set in motion by Martin Luther King. And all of the people who helped, by the way, it wasn't just one person. Is that not fantastical, magical? Magical, 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 magical. That's why I say a lot of you are carrying similar visions, maybe even a more powerful vision. You have a contribution, you have a purpose and a worth. That's why I say you got to know yourself. I'm not just saying that over and over again to be annoying. You've got to know yourself. You got to pause and listen. Do you hear that? That's the call to the extraordinary. And all you gotta do is get up on that neon wave of novelty. That's all you gotta do. Open up the doors, open up your options by being flexible, having an open mind. 
Yeah, it's hard. It ain't easy. You got to be courageous to do this thing, man. But you can do it. Ooh, you better get your courage up. Open the doors. Open them doors. Open your the most distant eyes that look at you. They're focusing another view. What do you think the trouble be? With eyes that look but do not see The ear that is preoccupied Is difficult to open wide How can you get the picture clear? If when one speaks you do not hear Won't you open up your senses And eliminate pretenses While the source of all enhances Every aspect of your life The tongue that has The taste we lack Is like a whip upon the back Why can't we taste their point of view And measure what we say and do The turned up nose That thinks we're great And eliminate pretenses While the source of all enhances Every aspect of your life Those plastic smiles Upon your face While going through the same Through the same old face Those hands that touch But do not feel That part of life that makes us real Those arms are stretched and open wide But do they want someone inside? Open up your senses and eliminate pretenses While the sauce of all enhances every aspect of your life Of your life Of your
I don't know, was it just me? But Shorty sound like she was on some hip hop Jamaican dish with that last little French, when she, the way she just was kind of toasting. Mon vole, tambrasse, to touche, to touch, accept, accepte. 
Charlotte Gainsbourg. That's the daughter of Serge Gainsbourg. For all of you who know who I'm talking about, the famous French singer and uh, songwriter. Uh, his daughter's out here making those hot joints with, uh, what's the name of that group? Um, uh, the two dudes who wear the helmets. Fuck, I can't think of the name right now. Yo, in the house on a Friday evening, a rainy Friday evening here in Beaubourg by, by Saint Pompidou uh, in Paris, as I've been saying for the whole podcast. Beautiful, with a little bottle of sake and uh, some nice mellow light, nice ambiance, l'ambiance. This is very important in life. You got to have nice ambiance in your house. You know, people don't realize the value of a beautiful ambiance, the, the poetry that it brings into one's life, how it enhances your ability to concentrate or to, to relax, to get sexy. And when I say sexy, I mean just to have a sensual lifestyle, sensual meaning feeling full, you know, vivid textures, fragrances, lumière, light. All of these things, they're tools that put one in a, in whatever mood that you want to be in. Personally, I like to be in sexy moods, sensual moods, romantic, poetic, dreamy, that's the kind of ambience you want to be around. An ambiance that inspires you to go deeper into yourself, to go deeper into the person you're spending time with, or the book that you're reading, the movie you're watching, the, the artwork that you're working on, the, the paper you're writing, the research you're doing. Ambiance. What's wrong with a little bit of low light? Lower the lights a little bit. Use the dimmer. Why is everyone sitting, frying, in high neon lights? You know, I hate when I go to someone's house and the lights are just cranked up to 10 and we're sitting under it like, like um, the lights in McDonald's that you keep uh, a Big Mac and french fries under. Cooking! We're like insects in a, in a roach motel cooking under these lights. Are you not aware of the lights? I'm aware of them. I'm melting under. I'm so uncomfortable right now. Don't you see me? I'm squirming here as you're talking to me. We're so, this is uncomfortable. Surely we can't get into any kind of sexy dialogue under this kind of light. Please, turn the lights down. Can we light a candle? Candlelight. People back in the days, can you imagine? All ambiances were totally sexy after the sun went down. It was totally candlelit. Maybe that's why they were writing, they were penning so many masterworks of literature. There was no TV, there was no social media, and people were just basking in the warm glow of candlelight with one another, looking into each other's haunted expressions by candlelight. Ambiance is very important to me in my life. You know, I went to this bookstore uh, last Sunday. It was a beautiful Sunday. I finally had some time. 
And I just, I don't know, I, I went to a bookstore I had been meaning to go to, uh, an art bookstore. It's filled with those, those artistic magazines, those fashion magazines that are like $35 a piece. And tables and tables full of meaningless, useless books of inspiration. Architecture, fashion, poetry, photograph. I forget the name of the place. It was such a nice, a nice afternoon to go there and just spend time and peruse. I love to peruse. I was perusing all of the books. The soundtrack in the store was nice. The guy was playing the far side, Leonard Cohen. And it was just a nice afternoon. I bought this book by, I bought a book on Cy Twombly, the American artist, who I'm just now discovering. I knew, I knew peripherally, if that's a word, through Basquiat. And if you look at Cy Twombly's art, artwork, it's, it's, you could see that Basquiat was definitely influenced by Cy Twombly. Cy, C-Y, Twombly, T-W-O-M-B-L-Y. This beautiful artist, you can see a photograph of him and you can just see in his eyes that he's an artist because just look in his eyes. His eyes are kind of um, going in opposite directions. He has this gaze as if he's just looking into the beyond all the time. That's what you want out of an artist. And I got this book on Cy Twombly Studios, photographs of him in his environment his houses in Italy, his studios in New York. He lived in these old, beautiful, I don't know if you call them castles or palazzas or whatever the Italian word is for these old decadent houses. And, and all of these photos of him in these big open rooms with Italian busts everywhere, randomly placed on the ground, high above refrigerators, artworks and books teetering on couches, and fabrics, frescoes, plants, a kind of a precursor to modern interior design. A raw wall, a concrete floor, uh, a ceiling that looked like it, it, it's been there since the 1500s. So you have this interesting contrast and it's stimulating to the mind. It's very stimulating when you're in these kinds of environments. I don't know. For those of us who can appreciate the raw wabi-sabi beauty, the poetry, you know, I'm, I'm gonna say that over and over again, and it needs to be said. Poetry, where's the poetry? We should all be appreciating more and more poetry, simple things, the dance of light on the wall in the afternoon, the way that concrete and linoleum chip and decay after 70 years and the way the colors fade in a, in, a, in a Moroccan tile. It's all so beautiful. It's surrounding you. Anyway, I was just very inspired by his books. It's just so beautiful. It's the kind of beauty that's so rich in a book, the photographs. You just want to eat them. You look at them and you say, I, I wish I could dive into this photo and stand in the room next to this guy. I want to bathe in this kind of beauty and inspiration that I'm seeing. You ever felt like that? Like you just want to, you want to eat things that cannot be eaten? A photograph, a, a color, 
a piece of clothing, an artwork, a cloud. The simple things. Me personally, in my environment, I like negative space because it gives one room to breathe and to think and to dream. When I come into a, uh, an apartment or a house, any kind of space I'm gonna, I'm gonna occupy for any period of time immediately in the living room, I clear out all coffee tables. They are useless, they are, they are ridiculous. Get them out of the way. I want the middle of the living space to just be a rug. There's nothing more beautiful than just a rug on the ground. And here we are now transported back to kindergarten, to the simple days of just being here on the ground, sitting Indian style with friends, being surrounded by all of the objects that we love. It's such a cozy, beautiful feeling to be sitting on a rug as, as the waning afternoon light spills through the window and you just watch it change. You watch the shadows change all around you. This is what we should be cultivating and highlighting in our lives. The appreciation of simple beauty and the capacity to appreciate and to grok these things is what makes life worth living. That's all we had before we had money. When we were kids, we could appreciate the small things, the little things, the wind blowing past us, the smell of perfume. That's what you want out of life. You want to be bewildered and you want to be enraptured. Shout out to Anita Baker, the rapture. When I first got here, I was completely lost and bewildered. What a lovely and fragrant state it is to be bewildered to not have any familiarity around you. you. You don't know where you're going each, each way, north, south, east, west, whichever street you walk down, it's a mystery. You have no idea where you're going. All the buildings are new, all the people's faces. It's thrilling. All of the decisions that I'm making are so uh, ridiculous. I, I'm also, I'm very uncomfortable. This is discomfort in the grandest sense. In discomfort lies opportunity for growth. I, I don't speak the language and when I try to speak with the people here, I'm so uncomfortable, I'm so vulnerable. I'm mumbling, I'm speaking low. People don't understand what I'm saying. What? It's so embarrassing when you, when you think you speak a beautiful uh, phrase in French that you got from Google Translate and you probably sound like a computer because you're using the computer's pronunciation. You, you speak this phrase to a French person, you think you have the pronunciation down and they, they give you that quizzical look, it doesn't compute. I don't, I don't know what you're saying. And then you, <laughs> you immediately go back into your shell. It's just a recipe for pure and constant embarrassment, being humbled down, being smashed down like a hammer. And it's thrilling. Embarrassment and bewilderment, they are the portals that I'm going to waltz through in order to make myself a more expansive man, in order to be the butterfly that I am, to grow. Oh man, you gotta let go, dude. 
you know how strange this life is? You gotta grab it by the horns, man. You gotta embrace the unknown. Let's do it together. We'll be hand in hand as we jump off of this towering diving board into the cold, icy waters of the unknown, you and I together. <laughs> Trust me, I'll be with you by your side. What can we do? Let's, let's end the podcast in the right way with a gorgeous, bejeweled song. And after the song, I will come back and say goodbye to you. Check this out. 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 magic man all the time 24 7 man watercolor endless magic episode number 26 of the emerald lane podcast coming to an end i'm your host sunny Coates. thank you for sticking around with me tune back in for the next episode i'm sure i'll have more stories of my adventures in paris france Stay safe and warm, inspired, focused. Remember, you're going to have resistant negative voices in your head. It's your own voice, by the way. It's, it's no devil or uh, spirit. It's just you and the culture 
momentum. You're going to have negative voices that tells you you can't do things or that you should just, uh, it's not going to happen <laughs> for whatever reason. Remember, every time you hear that voice, counter it with the positive voice, the affirmative. Have affirmations in your mind. No, I can do it. I will do it. This is happening. Good, positive things are coming into my life. I can do these things. I am strong. Counter it with a positive affirmation of your strength and of the truth. Remember that. If that's the only thing I've ever told you, if that's the only thing you ever heard me say to you, remember that. Be strong and until the next time. End of line.